Ladies and gentlemen of America, this is AJC Radio, where we bring the message of justice all around the world. Tonight, forced vaccinations, a true threat to our democracy and freedom to choose. What is going on in the United States of America where we are told to inject unverified vaccines that people have actually died from? Blood clots, health issues, and yet we have our chief commander-in-chief, President Joe Biden, pushing the agenda of violating our rights. Tonight we deal with the issue of the abuse of the attempted force of vaccinations, not only attempted, but actually being carried out. Tonight we deal with it here on AJC Radio. Folks, hang on. We take off right now. Oh, there you have it. I'm Lamont Banks, along with David Banks, Demetrius Harper, Kendrick Barnes, Dave Zapolo, Samson Riddle, William Williams, Clint Stewart, Demetrius, excuse me, Dennis Merritt, and the entire AJC radio team tonight as we deal with this very troubling topic of forced vaccinations. We're going to deal with that tonight as we get started. Uh, and Dave Zapolo, give us your thoughts on this abuse which is, when I tell you, spiring out of control, I don't know what else to call it. Call it. And that's exactly it, is you're forcing people to take a drug that they may feel is unsafe. And then the, the issue that comes up afterwards is when you turn around and say, I'm nervous about taking this drug. You're an anti-vaxxer. You can't come to work. You can't go in the stores. You can't do this and that. And you've got all of these issues coming up. And then... It came out yesterday that most African-Americans, the, the majority of unvaccinated uh, African, the high, high percentage of African-Americans are unvaccinated. So what happens is you are now discriminating against African-Americans in New York and L.A. The, and San Francisco where they can't go into restaurants. They can't go into sporting venues. They can't go into gyms. So you have in, in, implied racism. Well, it's not only implied, it is what it is. Uh, the bottom line here is that, look, if the vaccine, if let me put it to you this way. We had the report that came out about Pfizer that it was causing blood clots in some individuals. Uh, the bottom line is, if, if there's a chance that this vaccine can cause blood clots, can cause people to die, Period. I don't care how low the percentage is. You cannot enforce people to inject death into their arms. It may work for some people, but there's no guarantee it's going to work for me. So how then you do you put an order out and Biden's ignorance, his complete ignorance to say, we're going to protect the vaccinated from the unvaccinated, as if the, va- the unvaccinated are criminals. Are, are horrible people, so we're going to separate you from them because they're monsters. What gives him the right to open his mouth and say such foolishness is, is amazing to me. But this is the same president that criticized President Trump every step of the way. Did Trump have criticism coming his way? He did. 
But guess what? You're a hypocrite. Because you turn around and, in my opinion, even have taken a step further than what Trump did. What, what people are saying is that Trump said, look, I think you should be vaccinated, but you have a right to choose. You know what you were going to get with Trump. You know what you were going to get, good or bad. You know what you were going to get with President Trump. The problem here with, with Biden, he gave a false hope that he was coming in to do and change what went wrong in Washington during the Trump administration. I, this man is one of the most hated men right now in our country because of the force. People have the right to choose. I don't care what you're talking about. You have the right to choose. And you got reports after reports after reports, but they don't care. And then you got Kamala Harris trying to interject religion to force people to take the vaccine. How insane is that? And they talked about Trump, how he was inciting people to violence. You have the same thing with Biden because people are getting into fights over the fact, no, I'm not getting vaccinated. Well, they'll, they'll get into a physical altercation yeah. over that. Yeah, it, it, there's no difference. There's no difference in, in, in the two situations that happened. And again, let me be very clear. I'm not excusing anything uh, that happened at the insurrection, the things that took place there. Uh, the rhetoric that was spoken there, I take nothing away from that. I don't excuse that. Let me be very clear. AJC Radio does not exclude, ex, it, uh, excuse such behavior. But when you start talking about, regardless of the risk, to have people and go to companies, they said Biden was on a, on a tour in Chicago today in regards to uh, telling companies to force their employees to be vaccinated to keep the workplace safe, or they're going to lose their jobs. we got stories tonight. People have lost their jobs. As we get into another holiday season approaching, you have people fired from their jobs because we don't want to do what Biden says to force people to be vaccinated, which can actually kill them. That is absolutely insane to me. David, your thoughts? Well, it's... it's, uh... This whole vaccine mandate stuff is destroying this country. And whoever thought uh, this country would come to the place where you start forcing people to medicate. But really, I'm not that surprised. The lies being told by administration officials and by the scientific community at large uh, to push this vaccine is just a lie. Even the CDC denies their own VAERS database, which is... uh, uh, adverse uh, effects reporting database, which has over 12,000 people saying they died from the vaccine for after getting the vaccine. They're all of a sudden, well, we can't prove that's the vaccine, but you can prove everything else that people have COVID and they're dying from COVID. But when they say they died from the vaccine, oh, we can't prove that. How can you not prove that? And you said people have uh, comorbidities or underlying health conditions. How do you know they didn't die from that and, and die from COVID? So there's this it's almost like there's this uh, this stuff is insidious, and this attempt it's almost to me it's just like a bunch of money is be, is behind uh, the pushing of the vaccine, and like I said we're, we're gonna uh, we're gonna uncover uh, President Biden's uh, constant statements and even even some from the scientific community constant statements would make you have a 99 percent well now let's go ahead and put. 
survival rate from COVID. And you need to mandate because 1.8%. Now, everybody except the elderly, 65, 75 on up, uh, everybody except them are at 99%. But you need to protect 1% of the population or, or using 1% deaths, you're trying to mandate that everybody needs to take a vaccine. The, the reality is the vast majority, the overwhelming majority of people will survive COVID, period. And that's what that that's what the data shows. All they talk was the data shows this, the data shows that. The data shows that uh, anybody that isn't elderly has a 99% survival rate. Real high among young people with uh, maybe 300 to 400 children. And who knows? You just can't trust the reporting of what uh, is COVID in these hospitals and how they were reporting. Somebody could come in with the flu, test positive for COVID. COVID. They don't know if they're asymptomatic uh, uh, with COVID and, and died from the flu or pneumonia. Everything is COVID. So, and so there is a uh, despicable uh, plan, in my view, for the government, to, for whatever reason, to try to control the entire population. It, it is just, it is complete insanity to be treating citizens like this, firing them from, from their jobs, when the data shows you have a 99% survival rate, how can you justify a broad sweeping mandate with those types of statistics? And then why people don't trust the administration, the Biden administration has been all over the map on the effectiveness of the vaccine. They won't report that recently in Vermont, and we'll get into that, had a huge surge in, 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 uh, in cases. There, Vermont's one of the most vaccinated uh states in our country, and they just had a huge surge. Both uh, vaccinated and unvaccinated people are getting sick. So at the end of the day, this is not a pandemic of the unvaccinated. It's a pandemic. And uh, sometimes I question if, if it's even that, given the uh, the way the reporting is going on this stuff. Oh, absolutely right. There's no trust you can put in this system uh, because the difference is David raises the point why is everything COVID? Well, COVID brings a paycheck with it. Uh, a diagnosis comes with a paycheck. A COVID death reporting comes with a paycheck. And you have vulnerable Americans around this country running scared to death. Uh, and for what reason? People die every year. Over 50 to 60,000 people die a year from the flu. Do you notice that we have not had any numbers of that 50 to 60,000 reported that they died from the flu since the pandemic started? So in the last, what, three years, you're looking at, what, 180,000 people? Technically, close to that number would have died from the flu. Why don't we have those reports? Because the flu doesn't carry a paycheck. Doesn't carry a paycheck. So as, as we've been talking about this for a long time, I'm outraged by it. I'll share a story with you tonight that was brought to my attention uh, by some citizens here in Southern Colorado uh, in regard to the vaccine uh, and the tragic death of an individual that passed away uh, after being forced to take it. Uh, I'll tell you what, this is what the mainstream media does not want you to know. Well, I got news for you. AJC Radio is not the mainstream media. We tell it like it is. Hey, prior to you on the break, uh, just to unpack one Biden statement on December 4th, 2020, 
President Biden said the vaccine would not be imposed by mandate. This is his his own word. So why are people supposed to believe that this guy, you're just lying to be lying, aren't you? It just doesn't make sense. No, his exact quote, no, I don't think it should be mandatory. I would not demand it be mandatory. December 4th, 2020, that is the statement of Joe Biden. Until he took office. He, right. he had already taken. He had taken off. Well, he he had won the election. Won the he election. Taken, taken off. So that's what happened during the time between the summer of the year uh, of twenty uh, until the election happens. You got everybody's hugging babies. We have no racism in the country because candidates are hugging white children, black children, Asian children. You know why? It's an election. Get take get to the Oval Office. Well, I don't have to stick to that. You know why? I didn't win. I got the election. That is disgraceful. It is a disgrace to this country. It's a disgrace to the office of the presidency of the United States. So Mr. Biden should be ashamed of himself, period, and anybody that supports such nonsense. This is AJC Radio. The vaccine, the abuse of it in this station, when we get back, this is AJC Radio. Operator 901, where's the emergency? 127, bring Okay, what's going on there? I'd like to order a pizza for delivery. Ma'am, you reached 911. This is an emergency line. Uh, large with half pepperoni, half mushroom? Um, you know you've called 911. This is an emergency line. Do you know how long it'll be? Okay, ma'am, is everything okay over there? Do you have an emergency or not? Yes. And you're unable to talk because... Right, right. Okay, is there someone in the room with you? Just say yes or no. Yes. Okay, um, it looks like I have an officer about a mile from your location. Are there any weapons in your house? No. Can you stay on the phone with me? No. Uh, See you soon. Thank you. Absolutely not. It's not a toy. You know that. Do I? I bet it looks like one. Yeah, well, it's not. Anyway, I need it to protect you, your sister and mom. From what? From bad guys, like on TV. But what about the eight kids that got shot every day by mistake? Their daddies probably thought they were safe, too. Where'd you hear that? TV. Yeah, well, maybe we don't believe everything we hear on TV. Where'd you keep it? <laughs> it's hidden. I bet it's on top shelf of the closet under your sweatshirt. Is it loaded? It's not. I, I keep the bullets. In the boots with the red laces and the chest beside the bed? I haven't found them yet, but I'm sure I can. You always tell me to be curious. Remember when I found my Christmas gift? I'm a good climber, you know. No. No, that's not what I meant. Look, I, I need to be ready if someone breaks in. So what about when it's just me and Mom? You taught me to be brave. I could use a gun to protect her. No, Justin, I promise. I'll teach you how to handle a gun when you're old enough. What if I don't make it to old enough? I could get bullied and decide it's too much for me. It would be so easy with our gun. Our gun? Nobody. My gun. But it is our gun. In our home. Happens all the time. I'll make sure that doesn't happen. I'm always here for you. But, Dad... You're not always here. 
Incarceration means that we've got a very high rate of incarceration historically, comparatively. And the other thing is the rate of incarceration is so high, so socially concentrated, we're no longer incarcerating the individual, but we're incarcerating whole social groups. The rate of incarceration now is about five times higher than it was historically. Historically, it was 100 per 100,000. Now it's about 500 per 100,000. If we look at prison, if we add jail to that, it's about 700 per 100,000. Nowhere in the world incarcerates as much as we do. We've seen extremely high rates of exposure to the criminal justice system for African-American men with very low levels of schooling. So if we think about black men who were born in the late 1970s and who were growing up through the American prison boom of the 1980s and the 1990s, the chances that they're going to serve time in state or federal prison if they dropped out of high school is about 70%. So going to prison for that group of black men with very low levels of schooling, that's become a normal life event. That's really only happened in the last 10 years. We're at this point now where there's about 1.2 million African-American children with a parent who's incarcerated. That's about one in nine. The research shows the kids who experience parental incarceration have diminished school achievement, they have behavioral problems, depressive symptoms, acting out. And there's also evidence that these kinds of negative effects associated with parental incarceration are concentrated more among boys than among girls. And there's a very real risk here that incarceration becomes an inherited trait. The underlying issue is we've chosen prison as a way to respond to that problem of crime. And there are a whole variety of ways that we could have chosen to respond to that problem of crime. We've chosen the response of the deprivation of liberty. And we've chosen the response of the deprivation of liberty for a historically aggrieved group whose liberty in the United States was never firmly established to begin with. Meeting a teen girl online is actually pretty easy. You can go into any chat room and just start talking. Most of the girls are usually so insecure and desperate for attention. Attention from older guys is totally flattering. They're so much more mature and understanding than the guys might. Age actually works to my advantage. They like to brag to their friends that they're dating an older guy, so I just play along and pretend I'm really interested. He's interested in the same things I am. You can talk forever and really get to know someone without worrying about looks or whatever. That's the best thing about chatting. Chatting seems unthreatening to them, so they lower their guard. After a while, I start talking about how we're soulmates and how lucky we are to have found each other. Other people don't understand. I know what I'm doing. If you really care about each other, there's nothing wrong with me. Meeting them is the goal. Once I get them out of their house, well, that's when things get really interesting. Online predators know what they're doing. Do you? to affordability and say hello to losing control. Discover Price Gougesol, the latest outrageously expensive drug from Big Pharma. It's impossible to afford and reverses the ability to pay other bills. Because drug companies raise prices to pay for commercials like this one, side effects may include overdrawn bank accounts, bad credit scores, higher health care costs, 
children who don't get Christmas presents, and in some cases, the need to stop taking your medicine. If you experience any of these side effects, contact your financial advisor right away. Out-of-control drug costs are no joke. Yet nine of the ten biggest pharma companies spend more on advertising than research and development. Let's solve the cost crisis now. Visit csrxp.org. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AJC Radio tonight as we... We're at a very difficult time in American's history. We find ourselves in troubled times in this nation where forced vaccinations to the COVID pandemic seems to be more and more unreliable. Yet, we have a consistent push for a vaccine that has not been proven in one sense, but proven to cause extreme harm in another. People have died behind the vaccination. How that goes ignored by our politicians, uh, our local governments, our governors, uh, down to mayors of cities in this nation is absolutely absurd. Uh, I will share this story with you. A gentleman brought this to an acquaintance of a just cause uh, the other day, and I'd like to share it with you. And he states here uh, that my father passed away on April 13, 2021, from a blood clot that doctors say began in his femoral artery and traveled into his brain, causing his death. I find this ironic because literally six weeks before the blood clot, he took the second dose of the Pfizer COVID vaccine because he wanted to go on a, vac- on a vacation which only allowed fully vaccinated passengers. To make matters even worse, the hospital he was taken to at first wouldn't, wouldn't allow my mom, brother, or myself to say our goodbyes because they told us he tested positive for COVID. How is that possible if he, is, if he was fully vaccinated? Thank the Lord we were able to say goodbye only after we suited up in these outrageous protective suits. A few months after his death, and we received a $21,000 check because my dad died not from a blood clot, officially from COVID, even though the doctors told us about the blood clot. So the $21,000 to this gentleman was hush money. That's all it was. How do you just cut a check for $21,000? He wanted to go on a cruise with his sons. They were going to take a cruise six weeks after the vaccination, after the blood clot uh, ruptured, which we had heard before that the vaccine caused blood clots in certain individuals. He was married to this woman for 40 years years and he lost his life but you want us to take a vaccine that 
could kill us equally as fast as it killed this man. If that was the only case of it in the country, it would be enough that a mandatory vaccine should not be implemented. But we have lost the value of human life. Little did he know when he thought he would be taking a cruise with his family that he would be separated from his wife of 40 years. Because somebody said, you're not getting on this ship without being vaccinated. And I hold President Biden accountable because of his reckless rhetoric. Go ahead, Dave. And if you remember last year, there was also incidents of enlarged hearts in uh, in young men. And they put a halt to the virus because they said it was like five or ten young men had enlarged hearts. Now, to put a halt to the way that they were putting out the vaccine at that time is is huge for just 10 people. Well, in the New England Journal of Medicine this week, they just reported that the vaccine can cause enlarged hearts, especially in young men. Which ultimately cause heart attacks. Is that correct? correct? And, and possibly death. Yeah, and Joe Biden, well, see, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if young men die. Everybody needs to be vaccinated. And then I'm, I'm tired of the cliches, well, one death is too many. Was one death from the vaccine uh, uh, side effect too many? Apparently not. Uh, no, and then you, every, all the doctors, well, uh, although there can be side effects, uh, uh, they are rare. You don't know that. You don't know you, it. You have your pool of people that you deal with. There are 330 million people in this country. You don't know what the reaction. Uh, we had a, a nail technician here in Colorado Springs. His liver uh, started started malfunctioning after taking the second shot. So don't tell, tell me what are the and there there's no data. Obviously, there's not been enough time concerning long-term side effects. So you just said, well, we don't know how this drug's gonna uh, function over over the long term or the side effects over the long term. But go ahead and take it anyway. Uh, I, we know there's a 99% survival rate, but go ahead and take it. Uh, and may, maybe you kill yourself 10 10 years down the road. No, absolutely right. Um... This is CDC News says that CDC is investigating rare heart problems after vaccinations. The FDA told Johnson & Johnson that 60 million doses could not be used because they might have been contaminated. This is what you're wanting people to inject. 60 million doses could not be used because they could be contaminated. Now, that's just simply what's reported. I guarantee you that number may very well be double that, if not more. Kendrick. And see, the thing is, people got what really frustrates me is how the media is portraying a lot of, of what they want to cover about COVID-19. Now, in Singapore, they're one of the most vaccinated countries in the world, 86%, if I'm not mistaken. They had a surge of COVID infections. And the higher percentage of the infections were the vaccinated. They're in the point where they're already discussing that, you know what, you're just going to have to deal with COVID-19 as an endemic solution. This is going to be here. It's here. It's going to stay. This is, this is not something that you can vaccinate away. In the United States, we're, we're selling on TV. You're going to vaccinate away this, this disease. It's not happening. Well, here's the issue. If you look at the history of pandemics, in our country, they all have a time that they run. 
they they go away. All of them. Whether you're dealing with, uh, I believe it was the, uh, it was some type of flu flu uh, pandemic that happened. I, for, I forget the exact name of it, but we've had constant pandemics every hundred years, every sixty years, every seventy years, whatever it is. We've had issues with pandemics. We've never pushed a, we've never in the history of this country said, oh my God, we have to force, we have to mandate vaccinations. And it's because medical science knows that certain uh, vaccines work better than natural immunity, uh, immunity. Certain, va- certain vaccines work worse than natural immunity. It just depends, it basically pertains to the virus. Nubococcal pneumonia is one of those where you can vaccinate effectively. The common cold, you can't vaccinate effectively the common cold. So you have to tell people the truth. COVID-19, and again, I don't consider myself anti-vaccine. I don't want to take the vaccine. I don't want to take any unproven drug. I don't want to be mandated. Don't tell me that I have to buy a certain soda. The gov- That's not the government's business. Well, but the issue is tell people the truth. Well, this vaccine is not as – when they first sold it, they were telling everyone, oh, it's 80-something percent effective. You're not going to catch COVID again. Then when they catch COVID, oh, no, you're not going to have long-term hospitalizations. You're not going to die. Now there are people they're seeing that are dying from COVID after being vaccinated. What's the next lie? Well, so just tell only, people the truth. Well, they're not only dying from COVID. The problem you have is that it, the adverse effect of the vaccine is taking lives. It's not COVID that's killing them. That's the problem. The vaccine is of such a risk. That's what's killing people. That's what's causing the blood clots. It's not COVID that's causing the blood clots. Where they had a group of those folks, that, and with this gentleman, who I just read about, suffered a blood clot that ultimately went to the heart and took his life. That was how his body, his system responded to a vaccine that was forced upon him. I'll say this. This is the best analogy I'll try to use, and and you can come in, any of you guys, on this. Uh, We know uh, drugs is a bad thing in the system. It affects it by differently. People use illicit drugs, whatever. Lynn Bias, if you know the story about this basketball player, uh, went to a party one night after being said he was going to the draft. uh, All these things would be happening. He sniffed one line. Of cocaine. One. Something triggered wrong in Lynn Bias's brain and killed him instantly. Right. Took his life. A young boy out of college, healthy. And I, I, the reason I use that analogy, that didn't, a lot of people did it, never had that type of effect. But who says what effect will happen on an individual? It is then reckless to mandate. Vaccinations. There's a healthcare provider uh, here, uh, I believe that was in the, in the news. UC Health. UC Health. Yes. Was it 14,000? Empl- How many employees was it? 1,400? That was in New York. Yeah, Mont on here, I do know a little bit about the UC. I did read that in the Denver Post. They, they fired 1.5% uh, of their working uh, uh, nurses and doctors just they, walked them out. Just walked them out. Now this is the, the the problem I have with it. He goes, we're not forcing. They are forcing them to take it. He goes, if you get vaccinated, 
you can reapply for your job. And to your point earlier about Christmas time and we're going into the holidays, what type of lack of uh, empathy do you have for your alleged workers that you had applauded a year ago? We thank them and they're on the front lines and you just walk them out the door with no feeling right here two months before Christmas. That, well, who's supposed to take care exactly. of the injured? But, but uh, the thing is about that, they've lasted this long. Exactly. Doing all the preventative stuff that they needed to do to take care of themselves and the patients the that patient. they had. And now you're going to turn around. Now, you, you already know as a hospital, you're short staffed. Already. You already know that we're dealing, we're still in the midst of this pandemic, and, and now you're going to let these people go. Well, and some of them actually had COVID and recovered and don't want to take the vaccine because now I have natural immunity. It doesn't matter. You have to go. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, these are the most informed people that we would have out there. You know, they, they know that this vaccine is based on uh, was it mRNA, was the messenger RNA. Basically, it simulates something where your body, to your point, has a reaction to what's being injected to it. We don't know person by person how our body is going to react. Like you said, that, that gentleman... One one little bit of an illicit drug, and he died. People around the globe are dying at an alarming rate, and the fact is that the way the CDC is reporting it is that's what's skewing the numbers. They say you are not fully vaccinated until 14 days after your last shot. So if you die within a 13-day period, you're not fully vaxxed, and then you go into the account of, oh, well, they weren't vaccinated. That's why they died. Well, we're going to get into more of that. Right now, we're, we're very honored to have our special guest tonight, Melissa Marcus. I believe I'm pronouncing that right, Melissa. I want to take a moment and thank you for joining us tonight. She's an advocate uh, fighting against mandatory vaccinations, and I am anxious to hear her perspective on this one. Melissa, are you with us? I am here. Thank you so much for having me. And Melissa, are you, uh, did I pronounce your last name correct? Markutsis, yes. Markutsis. Okay, I want to make sure I had that right. So, listen, thanks for taking time tonight out of your schedule to be with us on such an important issue, as you can hear around the table here tonight, and I'm sure our listeners around the globe are outraged at what we are seeing. I'm going to give you the floor to introduce yourself, what got you into becoming an advocate for this cause, and this is definitely a just cause, no pun intended. Go ahead and give us your thoughts on that. Um, well, really, I just really, truly believe that nobody should force to inject something into their body um, that they're not fully informed about or can make decisions about. I do not think that that's right in any means. Um, I know people who have lost their jobs because of this. I know people who are terrified and can't sleep at night because of this. I know people who have children who um, they do not want to get vaccinated as well. And also, I know that... Um, you know, <laughs> there's a lot going on that we are not informed with, and every day more and more comes out and the truth is revealed. Um, so I am just an advocate all about truth. I am working for Team God, and I will, you know, fight against all of the nonsense and all of the garbage that uh, nobody, or I should say nobody, but not many people are willing to expose. So. Um, I will do that because I believe that I am fighting for the truth, and that's all that matters. <laughs> no, no, absolutely right, and we appreciate the work that you're doing uh, on the front lines of this issue. Uh, and as I was sharing with our, our team here and our listeners across the country, uh, you have these things happening to people. Uh, we're not talking about minor sicknesses. We're talking about that the vaccinated folks are 
are, are getting COVID, are dying from COVID, uh, that have been vaccinated and have gotten two shots. Uh, why, and what is so disturbing to me is that the leadership of this country is pushing this agenda. I don't, and again, this is what is so alarming. You have sports figures going out saying, get the vaccine, it's safe. They have no credibility with that statement. It may have been safe for you. It may not be safe for me. So to make that decision, I should be allowed that right. Your thoughts on that? I totally agree. Um, I believe that, and, and excuse me if, I, if people don't agree with this, but I believe that the fraud um, in office is working for the Antichrist agenda. Um, I really believe that uh, his intentions are not good because I think that this whole thing is to depopulate our population. Um, there's more people who have had, um, who have died or have had adverse effects from this than have actually been saved. Um, so what's interesting to me is that if you access a uh, the WHO database, which is a website for, it's called VIGIaccess.org. Um, this came to my attention just the other day, and you punch in the COVID-19 vaccine, over 2 million reported adverse side effects will pop up. Over 2 million. Wow. And they the ones that you've already talked about, the inflamed hearts, heart attacks, the list goes on and on and on. But uh, this isn't helping people for a virus that has less than 1% of chance of dying. This is only hurting people. So um, the people quite are promoting it. I don't believe they've gotten the back. I think that they've gotten money. Um, I think that they're being complacent with a lie. And I think that the truth will prevail for all sooner rather than later. No, absolutely right. And uh, uh, I'll tell you, it is something that is, like you said, now they're bringing children into the discussion uh, where kids, not a large number of kids have been affected by COVID from the beginning. Um, So if the numbers are so low uh, as far as COVID for children, why would we force a mandate at a certain age for children to be vaccinated? When, the, when those are not the troubled spots. It's kind of like what they did here during the shutdown here in Colorado. You had restaurants shut down. And you know what they said? That the COVID spread was less than 1% in restaurants and bars. Yes. But you yes, shut this is the flu with the new name. <laughs> Absolutely right. And so what I said yeah. earlier, but go ahead, go ahead, Melissa. No, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. There's a little delay, so go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. Please go ahead, and we'll we'll follow up with that. Okay. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> you know, there's not even a valid COVID-19 sample available. Nobody can prove that it even exists. This whole thing has been based on fear. The entire world has been crippled based on fear. And, um, you know, that our, the MSN is complacent with lies. This is the new flu with a different name. All of a bunch of testing swabs have been taken and analyzed. And there's no COVID-19 sample. It's either influenza A or influenza B. So we do not need to be walking around living in fear. We do not need to be wearing these masks because the masks actually cause more harm than good. I'm sure you're aware of that. Yes. Um, and... 
And, you know, um, people have been living their lives like myself, for instance. I have lived my life normal from the very start of this. I refuse to let fear or the lies take a hold of me. And it's like with me, except for looking around with people who are obviously scared, um, for me, it's just like I, I, nothing has changed. If, if you didn't have a TV and you didn't even know about this, you wouldn't know that you're supposed to be, you know, pretending that we're in a so-called pandemic. If this disease is so deadly, these masks would have biohazard bins. You wouldn't be able to walk by them. You'd fall over dead because of it. I mean, people are not dying because of COVID-19. The healthcare workers on the front lines who have been around this virus since the very beginning are denying the vaccine. Now, if you put that two and two together, it's right. telling you something. A, the virus is not as deadly as or, or harmful as we've been led on to believe. B, the vaccine is more deadly and harmful than we've been led on to believe. Or C, both of those are true. So I think it's very interesting that people are willing to walk away and stand up for their freedom and their truth because they know that the alternative is going to cause more harm than good. No, absolutely right. And the fact of the matter is, how then does the vaccine take lives? And again, the COVID issue, did anybody lose sight that we haven't got one flu statistic since the COVID pandemic? Not one stat on the flu. They were actually saying, they actually reported that last year that we, we had no flu cases last year when the country's on lockdown. So it just magically it just, disappeared it just and disappeared COVID took over. And then it came back. Here's so the question. Like, where did it go? Did well, COVID eat the flu? No, this is what they're claiming now. Well, all of the protective measures of masking and all that stuff really got rid of the flu. That's the foolishness they're talking now. Are you now. kidding me? <laughs> Melissa, no, what do you think of that one? I just think we've just been bamboozled. The flu is now called COVID, and and the whole world needs to open up their eyes and recognize it. (laughs) Because here's the issue, and this is the problem, guys. And I think, look, pandemics come and go in our lifetimes. They always have. It happens. If COVID is a serious threat and people have died from COVID, the reason the red flags are up is because the the flu doesn't matter. How long has the flu been with us? Long time. And you can, uh, they, remember, the Spanish flu was the one That's in 1918. And uh, the bottom line is the flu is still around. Some some like Ken, Ken was talking earlier. Some there are many type of respiratory viral infections, and you're going to have to live with it. Um, you're still at 98, 99 point, uh, percent. Survival rate, 99, well over 99 for most demographics except uh, the elderly. So you've got to learn to live with it. If it, if it hangs around as a different type of viral infection, you have to live with it. You just can't turn the country upside down uh, because you have a virus that, is, that kills less than 1% of the people. And, I'm not, and that's not devaluing death, but it's, it's – it's proved and it's practical that you just can't start forcing mandates with that sort of survival rate. And was it the swine flu that had the major numbers where a lot of people died from that, uh, or the Spanish flu? It was the Spanish you're, you're flu, in David. Uh, with the Spanish flu being, and they, these were taking a lot of lives, and we never shut the country down. We never mandated any no, but, type of. Uh, go ahead, Melissa. What's interesting, though, about this Spanish flu is if you do some research, uh, the main cause of death during the Spanish flu pandemic was caused 
by bacterial pneumonia, and that was because of the face masks. The face masks caused bacterial pneumonia. So the flu actually wasn't the leading cause of death during the Spanish flu pandemic. So that's also why we're seeing a lot of people end up with this so-called COVID pneumonia. It's because they're making themselves sick. You're weakening your immune system wearing this mask. You're essentially killing yourself by injecting these poisons into your body and weakening your immune system. So, I mean, it's just ridiculous. We've been gaslit as a country, as a, as a world. So... And the media is responsible for most of the gaslighting. It is it is just oh, that yeah, fool that fool Don Lemon, I'm sorry, I have to use that term on CNN, uh makes the statement uh un unvaxxed Americans are stupid and we should le start shaming them and leave them behind because they keep the majority of Americans behind. So what? It's, it's a complete lie. But he's promoting this this propaganda uh, and pretty much saying uh in essence, you shouldn't. They shouldn't even allow to be treated. If they if they're not vaccinated, they, the hospital should turn them away. This is a type of, of foolishness that's actually being uh, spouted well, by by some in the mainstream. Well, and media. even and even the commercials, they go find the sickest person they can find in the hospital who has COVID and get them on camera. Please take the vaccine. And it's like, well, this is why this is the same thing they do with the third world countries, where give money. There's no rich people here. Go to the poorest part of the country and take a picture and say, this is the state of America. That's not the state. You don't talk to the people that are like, hey, you know what, I had COVID. I didn't even show any symptoms, and I recovered. They never tell those stories anymore. At the beginning of the pandemic, it was. There's a lot of people that had COVID, mild symptoms to no symptoms. Well, there are millions are asymptomatic. Yeah, now that's gone. Now everyone's going to die once well, you get COVID and get the vaccine. Yeah, that's a whole nother lie, this whole asymptomatic stuff. I mean, how many times have you been sick and never had a symptom? I mean, that's just crap. That's just another reason to keep people, oh, six feet, you know, and all this. I don't believe any of it. I think it is completely a evil agenda, a force to try to make, because when people are in fear, they're controllable. As you can see now, we have been controlled. And, you know, it, it, it's no good. It needs to stop. People need to wake up, stop living in fear, realize that they've been bamboozled, and walk in faith no matter what. And I promise you, you will see the truth. And, you, and David was talking about hospitals turning away patients. Well, we had in Colorado Springs a woman that um, was up for a kidney transplant. Her daughter was the donor. The hospital will not do the kidney transplant because she was not vaccinated. And, and they said it's because she's taking a kidney away from somebody else. No, she's not, because her daughter's not donating it to somebody else. But that this is the. I just love how they pick and choose when segregation's okay, because it's never okay. No, and to demonize people uh, in this fashion, because they exercise their constitutional right not to be forced of what goes in and it goes in their bodies. That's not. To, to do that, and to David's point about Mr. Lemon, uh, to call people stupid and to insult people because they have a conviction that, you know what, I'd rather not inject myself with a, with a suicide needle. That may sound extreme, but guess what? That can take my life. And if there's a chance right. it can, if I choose, go ahead, Melissa. 
I mean, it's just crazy because they have no problem helping somebody who overdoses from drugs. I mean, they have no problem helping somebody who's, you know, basically giving themselves cancer from smoking. But anybody else who doesn't want to be a part of this experiment, because that's exactly what it is, an experiment, is deemed evil. Their strategy is to divide and conquer. And that is what they're doing. They're dividing us. If we are divided, we cannot stand together and fight back. We have to unite and fight back for the truth. And, you know, that's just the way that it is. No, absolutely right. We had a gentleman on our show. He's a medical uh, specialist guy. I mean, I tell you, he's a, a specialist. That's what he is. His, his, name, is, his name is Dale Victory. Uh, he came on our show a few weeks back when we started talking about the vaccine. I'm going to play a little portion of that interview. Uh, Melissa, and I want to get your thoughts of his position on this vaccine and what's going on with the pandemic. Okay. Let's play the clip. But right now, we're going to bring on Dale Victory. Uh, and uh, uh, Mr. Victory, thank you so much for your patience. He is the founder of I Can and host of The High Wire. Uh, and I'm going to let him introduce himself. Uh, this guy's doing some good things. Uh, Mr. Victory, are you with us? No, I'm with you. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? How you doing? Oh, we're doing good. Good to have you. And and we're honored, a man with your resume, to come on our show and give 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 a conversation. Uh, I can't tell you how, how grateful we are for you taking time out of your schedule to join us in this conversation. We appreciate that. Well, it's the most important conversation in our lifetime, so it's my honor to be speaking to you. Thank you so much, and I and, and ours the same, Mr. Victory. As we've been talking, I, 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 look, we just talked about a vaccine lottery. That I was, it was just brought to my attention, happened in this state. Uh, college, folks winning free college. Uh, this is the vaccine push has turned into a game show. One lady won a, does it one lady it had, won a million yeah. dollars? There were four times four that times. a million dollars. Four women won, won uh, four people won a million dollars apiece for a vaccine lottery. Give me your thoughts on that. Well, my thoughts are this. If you've seen any of the polls or study that's been done across America, they all say the same thing, that essentially just over 50 percent of America took this vaccine. But there's this hesitant group, about 50 percent right now, it's probably more like, you know, 45 percent as they continue to give out lottery tickets. But the truth is, is half of this nation decided not to take the vaccine. And when they polled to figure out who these people are, what they find out is they tend to be of higher education levels, more affluent. So in many ways, these are the smart intelligentsia of America that have turned down this vaccine. And so in many ways, I think offering, you know, free cream puffs, free beer, uh, lottery tickets and lap dances, you're appealing to the wrong crowd. That would have worked on the people that got the vaccine to begin with. But you're not going to take college-educated people that actually read the safety trials that were cut short to release this early under the emergency use authorization and all of the issues and injuries that we're seeing from it. You're not going to use clean puffs to get to that group, right? And so right. it just shows you how out of touch uh, our, our, our government is and how out of touch our you know, health departments are. And here's the simple fact of the matter. What they've essentially done is just admitted to our entire country that they've thrown in the towel on their ability to make intelligent people believe that getting this vaccine is an intelligent idea. So now we're going to throw cream puffs and free beer at you 
frankly, I just don't think that's going to get the job done. And uh, they're in a tragic situation. But it just shows how incredibly desperate this whole pathetic push has become. No, absolutely right. And ladies and gentlemen, you want to listen to Mr. Big Tree. Uh, his career as an Emmy-winning producer of the CBS talk show, The Doctors. Uh, I believe you. there was some work done with Dr. Phil. This guy's talking some yep. stuff, folks, that you need to pay attention to. Uh, and it's amazing to me, uh, Mr. Big Tree, it just gives, has a sense and a ring of a Hollywood production. That, you know, you had the pandemic the first couple year and a half that dominated everything. Now you have the vaccine with the same power and push. So it's like, man, now we're dealing with vaccines. And I guess people in America are like, man, can we get a break? Because the controversy continues there. And the pandemic did a lot, shut a lot of businesses down. A lot of people were hurt by that. Uh, and now the vaccine is the, is the hot topic. I, I guess I'm, I'm overwhelmed with what you hear and what will persuade people to put a needle in their arm. As I said earlier, you're playing Russian roulette. You have no idea what's going to, what that reaction is going to be. And when that bullet gets into that chamber, how do you know? And then why would you push that as a country, as an administration, as a government? How would you encourage people to do that? Your thoughts on that, Mr. Victory? Well, my thoughts are, you know, I've heard you say, as I was listening to you guys earlier, that we don't know what the results would be. But we do have some suspicions and some signs from the science that we actually read. So I'd like to talk about some of that. I mean, that's the focus sure. of what I do. I'm a medical producer. I won an Emmy Award for six years. All I did was investigate great scientists, great doctors all over the world for CBS on the, the show The Doctors. Then I made a documentary because I came upon a whistleblower that came forward from the CDC and said, we're committing scientific fraud in the vaccine safety studies. I pursued that story and ended up making the documentary called Vax from Cover Up the Catastrophe, which swept the world. It took the world by storm and catapulted me into this position of having to decide, am I going to you know, further destroy my career in television? I was not able to tell that story on the doctors because they didn't want to admit there's a whistleblower inside the CDC that's saying that they're lying. But let's wow. talk about the science for a minute, yes. because one of the things when you say give away, you know, a college education, I'm going to honestly say something. I am deeply concerned and we should watch every kid across the country that wins, you know, a full college scholarship because the science tells us they may not live to see the end of that four year tenure. This wow. vaccine has such a history of danger. We have never seen anything like it. And so. For your audience, let me discuss the concerns that we have from a scientific level. I'm going to get a little bit in the weeds, but I'll try to be Well, there you have that. Uh, Dale Bigtree, uh, uh, Melissa, given a clear, really decisive explanation of all that's going on regarding this vaccine, regarding the pandemic, all that's happening and we're going to get more into Mr. Victory's interview a little bit later. Melissa, when you hear that matter-of-fact, absolute type of conclusions that Mr. Victory mentions here, what goes through your mind? 
Well, first of all, I, I totally agree with him. I mean, red flags should go off if you're being bribed to do something. You probably shouldn't do it, okay? That's in my opinion anyway. Um, mm -hmm. And, is, I mean, the truth is being censored on all aspects. We do have doctors. We do have whistleblowers. I mean, somebody at Project Veritas just had a whistleblower come out from Pfizer and say that Pfizer themselves were hiding things like that there are aborted fetuses in these vaccines, that they are in there and they have lied and people have gotten denied of their religious exemptions based on this and they've been deceived. So, I mean, it's, it's terrifying, actually, if you think about it, because these children, these kids, I know for a fact, even where I am at, there was a student that stood up at a uh, school board meeting, a, a young girl, about 12, 13 years old, who came up and said, just so you parents know, the teachers are telling the students that they do not need their parents' permission to get the vaccine. You can go into the gym and get it now. They're doing this to our kids. They're bribing the kids with gift wow. cards, with money. I'm getting text messages from the area saying, oh, you can get $100 if you come and get your vaccine. I tell them where to go. You have to be very careful. There is nothing in this world worth losing your life for, okay? So if we've lived this long and we're still okay and this is such a deadly pandemic, think twice before you're going to think that you need this so-called cure in this vaccine to help you move along with the rest of your life. You don't need it. And don't let anyone mandate you thinking that you do. There are laws, regardless of what the news is putting out, you do have rights, you do have laws, you do have things put into place, and you should stand up to your employer if they're going to try to mandate you to do anything. You should what? fight. Don't just what, what they're doing is they're breaking down people's um, strength and will. I've had so many people tell me, you know, like, oh, well, he, they're so tired of hearing about it at their job. My husband, he's so tired of fighting against it. So he just gave in and gave it. That's what they want you to do. They want you to give in and get so tired of the fight, but you can't. You have to stand up for the truth no matter how tiring it gets. Well, I mean, well-spoken, Melissa. Uh, and, and I agree that when do we stand up? Um, when do we say enough is enough? And is this the beginning of some type of trend in this country, uh, whereas we simply have lost our way? What is going on? These are the questions that we have. Uh, and I got this. This is from a source here. Uh, states outbreak of COVID-19 in a local Walmart store uh, here, here in Southern Colorado. Most of the positive cases are from people who are vaccinated. One woman who was vaccinated is currently in the hospital on a ventilator. There's been no news coverage of this story. That's insanity. Local news won't even report on it because it's a hidden agenda. And who's behind it? Who's, who's, who's signing checks here to say, look, don't speak, hush money, as I shared earlier about the young man that wanted to take a cruise with his family. I'm not sure if you heard it. Uh, the father of three sons, uh, a couple of, of his sons were going on a cruise. They said that he couldn't go on the cruise unless he was vaccinated. Uh, he suffered a blood clot from the Pfizer shot, um, ultimately killing him. He was dead in six weeks uh, and leaving a wife of 40 years, 40 years. And they receive a check in the mail, kind of which, which I called hush money for $21,000 after he died. Uh, this is insanity. And something needs to yes. be done about it. And, Melissa, you're on the front lines with a lot of this stuff. 
uh, how, I don't know how much time do you have left or, or how much time you were committed to. Um, are you, or can you come back with us? We're going to take a quick break. It's the top of the hour. We do have another lady joining us, but I don't mind uh, us all having this conversation. Uh, but I, don't, I want to be respectful of your time if, you, if you're limited on that. No, that's fine. I'd love to join you. Thank you for asking. Okay. Well, we're going to be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have Melissa Mar Marcudis, uh joining us. Look, if I ever heard an advocate speak, uh, Melissa's an advocate, and she believes in what she's doing. She's, her statement is, I speak about truth. What we're hearing tonight on this show, whether no matter how unpopular, no matter uh, how unreceived it might be, there's a lot of people that are listening, that are saying, look, and look, I'll tell you right now, the numbers are bigger than you know of people that are outraged. I don't care how many people you have vaccinated. When you hear stories like this, how does a local news station not cover the story of a woman uh, at a local Walmart store being vaccinated and now is fighting for her life on a ventilator. How does that not make local news with the temperature of this country right now? We're going to deal with it on the other side of the break. Melissa, we're going to bring you right back. Thank you for your perspective. To all of our listeners across the country, uh, you can definitely feel free to dial into this show. I know a lot of our listeners are online listening in. Uh, up to 30 million people across the United States that tune in to Blog Talk Radio. Uh, we appreciate uh, those and that listening audience. But if you're, if you're going to listen online or you take a moment to want to call in, have a comment, please dial 646-200-0628, 646-200-0628. The abuse of vaccinations in America out of control. This is AJC Radio. We'll be right back. Where the bullet tore him apart. 
Blame him for challenging you, for not looking away and for not backing down when you pulled out the gun. Blame your mother for bringing you into this world when she was but a kid herself and for dragging you up, not bringing you up. Blame society for not giving you hope. Blame your father for not being there, the man who looked after himself instead of looking after you. Blame the gun in your hand for making you a target, for making you more likely to be picked on. Blame the dead boy, blame your mother, blame society, blame your father, blame the gun, blame anyone but yourself for not being strong enough to put down the gun, to break the cycle. For a kid whose mom or dad is in prison, life is tough. Now add a wrongful conviction to that, life just got a little bit tougher. Trying to explain to friends why mom or dad is not at the school play or at the ball game is something that no kid should ever be faced with. Especially if mom or dad is innocent. Ladies and gentlemen, get involved today to stop the epidemic of wrongful convictions by remembering a just cause with a monthly, annual, or one-time donation. You can help in the fight against wrongful convictions. Call a just cause today. One eight five 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 two nine four two five two. We seek justice for the children. As they go to bed at night and mom's not there, dad's not in the other room to make them feel safe. Not because dad or mom did anything wrong, because justice could not be found. Join us for the children, for they truly are our future. Prescription drug pricing. 
Let's solve the cost crisis now. Visit CSRXP.org. I don't have to tell you about the challenges we face every day. That would be like preaching to the choir. Today you have a chance to face the challenge of your risk for diabetes. My dad had diabetes, and one in four U.S. adults are at risk, myself included. If you're older than 45 or African-American, that risk increases. So here's a chance to ask yourself, what can I do? Talk to your doctor about getting screened and know what your options are. Learn more at AskScreenKnow.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AJC Radio tonight, as we have been walking down some very difficult roads tonight, because the, the bottom line is, how did America get here? How did we get to the point where the rights of its citizens simply do not matter? And not over the colors that I wear, not over uh, perhaps I wanted to celebrate the 4th of July, perhaps on the 5th. Those are not the dilemmas that we find ourselves in. But whether to inject in ourselves a vaccine that a false narrative has been made is safe. So no matter how many times we say that it is not proven, people have died, people have suffered Uh, uh, blood clots in the body, thus becoming fatally gone, if you will, as a result of this vaccination. The question tonight is, when do we as citizens stand up and say it's enough? We have a new dictator in the White House. It's the bottom line. In the history of this country, we have never seen a force mandate of an injection of any type of drug in the history of this country. So to call Mr. Biden, Mr. Biden, a dictator, I'm sorry, there's no other word to give it. And I don't care if you're Democrat, if it's a Republican president, independent, Democrat, whoever gets behind this type of an agenda, there is a problem. And we're seeing that across the board in this country right now. It should not be happening. It should not take place as it is. It is because what others have said, America has lost her mind. Politicians have lost their mind. Nancy Pelosi was quoted as saying, we cannot make a vaccine mandate. She said it's not what we do here. She was very much aware of that. Then why are we why are we letting it be done? But I can tell you now, uh, this mandate has made a lot of people very very angry. Uh, I'm, and I'm talking about you know our military, and I'm talking about the DA civilians. Uh, I'm a DA civilian, and I can tell you now, there's a lot of angry civilians that are being forced to be vaccinated. And I can tell you that the polls. Uh, this next election, 
is going to show you how angry these people are. They did it only because they were forced to do it. But believe me, when it's time to vote, they're going to find out that there's a lot of angry people who is not satisfied with that decision that this president made to force vaccination. Well, I think that I do believe, and we're going to be bringing on Brittany Watson here momentarily. I do believe that um, the United States Supreme Court is going to have a say in this one. Uh, and how that court is made up right now, I promise you there's going to be some repercussions here that uh, is going to go into effect. Uh, but I believe to the protection of the United States and its citizens, uh, people get losing their jobs. The economy just now coming back from a, from a pandemic that was really, really out there. Um, and you get elected and get to office and you lie. And you lie and do what you did. And now you got, again, UC Health had a huge number of people walked out. And then we got hospitals across the country where nurses and doctors are simply walking out, saying, you know what? We, we, who do you think we see the people that have been vaccinated that are suffering from COVID that's had two shots? So don't tell me I need to take this to keep my job. Guess what? I'd rather live another day. I'd rather live to see another day. Right now, I'm going to bring on Brittany Watson. Um, she is definitely uh, affected by mandatory COVID vaccination. I'm going to let her tell her story tonight uh, and share with our listeners what's going on. And Brittany, are you with us? Yes, I am. Thanks for having and, me. Uh, no, thank you so much for joining us. We also are bringing back into this conversation uh, Melissa Marcuthis. She's joining us uh, she has given a, a huge insight and is an advocate to fight against this type of mandate. And, Melissa, again, thank you for joining us. And we're going to just all get into uh, get down and, and get into this conversation and this dialogue tonight. So I appreciate both of you ladies. Brittany, introduce yourself to our listeners. Tell me how you were directly affected uh, by the mandatory COVID vaccination and tell our listeners. And uh, let's go ahead and dig in. Sure. Um, so, um, I work, I've been a nurse for about eight years now and have done all my nursing at Valley Health and Winchester Medical Center. Um, I did uh, five years on the medical surgical floor, and for the past three and a half years, I've been helping out the psychiatric patients that we see in our hospitals. Um, so we started noticing the emails coming out, saying, you know, just, you know, just you know, requesting to get the shot but not mandating it. Then the higher-ups decided that they wanted to discuss if we had any questions about the mandate or about the vaccine itself. They weren't they weren't saying that it was going to be mandated, but I could feel it coming. Um, mm -hmm. So they finally mandated it in July. And prior to that, we did find a lawyer to uh, at least help us just go in the right direction because we've never seen anything like this. So since that since the mandate, we have um, we have formed the Valley Health Workers Association which includes three nurse practitioners and two um, registered nurses. We've done um, two big tickets, and then we've I've been on strike since August 10th. To, I'm trying to strike the mandate. Um, they are allowing some exemptions, religious exemptions and medical exemptions, um, but, you know, we shouldn't have to ask for that. I've been work, working 18 months with them, you know. Um, I, see, I go into the ER, and I see that the patients that are psych, psych, so I go in there, and I don't know if they have COVID or not. 
and I'm, you know, I come back out, um, and, you know, nothing's changed for me. Um, I had COVID in November, and then, you know, so if we want to believe in some type of the science, then how about natural immunity? But they don't want to hear that. They want to push their agenda, and it and it's unfortunate because you're losing experienced nurses to the mandate, um, and really good nurses. And so I'm just really trying to fight for people to have the choice. We give our patients a choice every single day in their medical freedom, but as as healthcare workers, are we not allowed to have that? We should. Everybody should have a say what goes in their body or what doesn't. I mean, I've had people say, no, I don't want that antibiotic to treat my infection. Okay, well, that's your choice. But they're not mm-hmm. giving me that choice. So it's really that, un- unfortunate. It really is. So you're, you're still currently uh, working there? Uh, no, I have um, been, I have, I've been on strike since August 10th. And um, I did do the internal process of a religious exemption and mm-hmm. a medical exemption because I had um, open heart surgery at the age of five. And mm-hmm. so I was very concerned about myocarditis and, you know, patients that have been seen with vaccines. So I didn't feel it was safe for me. And they didn't, I did they get showed... a religious exemption. Oh, you did? But okay. um, they, you know, they, the way they have treated the nurses that have been there for them for the past 18 months you know they they didn't give them a retention bonus they and now they're hiring on people for thirty thousand dollars new grads right out of school for thirty thousand dollars fine on bonus travel nurses are making a hundred and ten dollars an hour i mean it's just kind of a slap in the face the way that they treated this uh this mandate it didn't have to be this way you know no it didn't no, it didn't, and I agree with you. I appreciate your courage and salute your courage to do what you've done, uh, and I do agree with that. And I'm gonna see if any of our co-hosts has any questions or comments for you because at one point you were praised for the work and the heroic efforts that you guys did uh, behind the wall, if you will, behind the front lines uh, of this pandemic and how hard you fought to. Uh, to save lives and to put yourself even at risk uh, with COVID and to be, I I couldn't give it a better um, term than what you just used, a slap in the face for those that have been on the front lines of this. And, and, and Brittany, please believe me when I tell you in AJC radio and a just cause organization, we appreciate your courage, your, your heroic behavior uh, dealing with this (laughs) pandemic for all of these months. I can tell you right now, we appreciate uh, what you've done, and I'm sorry you've had to endure this type of stuff. And I think the saddest part of it all is that the mainstream media pushes this narrative, the White House pushes this narrative. Uh, all it, it's it, it's just, and I agree with Dennis. We're going to hear this. We're going to hear about this not only in the midterm election. We're going to hear about this come 2024. No, oh, absolutely. This, this is how a big deal that it is. Uh, Samson, you had something for Brittany. Uh, yeah, well, for Brittany and for Melissa as well. Just yep. um, so I had a conversation on um, social media the other day, and it says that in the history of the world, and someone made the comment that those that force people to get some type of vaccine or something put into their bodies, history has never shown them to actually be the good guys in the long run. And now we see that no, being no. reflected in what we see that being reflected in what is now being called the Great Resignation, where 
40 million or 4 million people in April and another 4 million people in June just this year have quit their jobs. And 40% of the global work populace is now either quitting or looking for another job. So I just want to get your thoughts on that as far as a, the force vaccine vaccination that we're already talking about and how history is going to look back on this. I mean, we've already talked about the elections, but also your, your thoughts. I mean, we know you're on strike, but your thoughts further as far as uh, this great resignation movement. Yeah. Um, it's you know it's history repeating itself i think and um to have to show papers to go to somewhere indoors or things i mean where in history what happens in that sense it's like why don't we they go ahead and just walk us right into the gas chambers because we didn't get vaccinated i mean after the Mm -hmm. mandate um a lot of and after they ended up firing people I mean, multiple friends of mine who were fully vaccinated had gotten COVID. So it, it doesn't, and they were off, had to be off. Um, and so they are short staff now that they fired people and, and their COVID, you know, positive had to be off. So like two out of 10 co-workers resigned. Um, in, in my office, we're a really small office. There's 10 of us. The two, uh, one resigned one was fired, and then I got the religious exemption, but I remain on strike. So we're down three people in a very busy scene, psychiatric patients in six in six um, hospitals. And let me tell you what this this lockdown did to our psychiatric um, patients, especially children. This it just really ruined their, you know, their grades, their their emotional. Thanks. I haven't seen that many kids come in and say that they're suicidal in the three years I've worked there. It's absolutely insane. No, I agree with I that. that. Um, question. <laughs> no, 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 it does. It absolutely does. And, and Melissa, your thoughts on that on that same question? Well, basically, really, this, in my eyes, and, and I feel is the truth, is a good versus evil war, okay? There has been a plot to enslave America and the world for a very, very long time. Um, I really, truly believe that every time President Trump referred to the quote-unquote China virus, it's not COVID, it's communism. And that is what's at our front door right now. They are trying to invoke communism, and we have a dictator who is fake and phony and you know it's it's a shame but Brittany I I commend you for you know standing up for your beliefs I'm going to tell you something you guys nurses and doctors have been called heroes this whole time for dealing with people who have been sick well you signed up for that that's your job so in my eyes yeah you're a hero but let me tell you something by you standing your ground and walking away from your job You are really, truly a hero now because you are fighting for the truth. You are not folding to an evil agenda. And I commend you for for, um, all of that you've done, you know, to help the sick people, to, to, to still be an advocate, to know that, you know, you don't need this vaccine. You've been around what happens when people get it. You've been around the virus. And, you know, I'm, I'm super grateful for people like you who can see the truth and who won't give in regardless of what's going to happen on the other side. So God bless you. Thank you. And I, I do want to give um, a lot of thanks to all the nurses and the other healthcare workers that did, ha- that did have to make the hard decision to get vaccinated 
because they were either single mothers or, um, you know, they did see, they are seeing death and um, they're brave as well for providing, continuing to provide care. And um, even if they had to get the vaccine to stay, which is such an unfortunate thing to see, but um, the healthcare workers that I work with um, are absolutely amazing um, people. And it's a shame that we've been put into this position when I've had to take care. I, I, when I took my oath, I, it didn't matter what color, creed, or anything that you came from. Um, we took we took care of you no matter what. That's, uh, that's a nurse. But now they don't feel that I can take adequate care of a patient because I don't have a vaccine that I'm sorry. I don't think there's enough data on to um, make me feel comfortable to take it. No, absolutely right. Kendrick? And Brittany, I just have a question. So, so um, I first off, commend what you're doing. I think that's very brave. And in the long run, you're, you guys are going to be looked at as protecting a lot of Americans' rights. So I was also right. curious, are there other doctors out there with you guys protesting? Because I just want to know what changed with PPE equipment being sufficient and uh, enough to protect the nurses and the patients with COVID-19. Like what right. changed? I mean, what what turned um, that to where that's not enough? Yeah, uh, we did have a couple. We did know about a couple doctors. They uh, one doctor did come out and stand on the uh, picket line with us for uh, two times. But um, I think what changed is that they were silent. Um, this is the the this is a unfortunately this has been made into a political uh, movement. It should never be a partisan issue this should be american issue and if they take this what else if they mandate this what else are they going to do you know we we have to fight for now and it's scary because people just aren't seeing it and i mean we've been out there me and my um, partner who um who's a nurse practitioner and we've been out there picketing for eight weeks now and you know it's like come out this is this is going to affect everybody and put them in a position and and one thing i should say is that i have never in my life seen a president say to the american people that his patients are wearing thin and it's not about your freedom or your personal choice anymore that should scare everybody it doesn't matter if you're liberal, Democrat, conservative, Republican, libertarian. When a president looks in you in your face and say it's not about freedom anymore, there's a problem. I made and you one. I will say, yeah, I will say that Trump was put in a shitty position. Oh, excuse my language, but he had to do something. Unfortunately, it was the vaccine, but he's not coming out saying we're going to mandate this. And it's a hypocrisy for me. Nine months ago, Kamala. And, uh, and Biden said, no, they're not going to get that if Trump says it. But now they're now they're up there manda- mandating federal workers when they don't have to have it. They're not. They're exempt. So is Congress. So is illegals coming across the country. I mean, there's people that are exempt. But us who are just wanting to continue to work and provide for the community and provide for my family, I, I, I'm told what to do. I mean, it's just it's just unbelievable to me. Well, here's what's even, to me, more troubling, and I'll get you and Melissa, uh, Brittany and Melissa's uh, thoughts on this. Uh, it says here that the opposition says a New York state mandate that all healthcare workers be vaccinated with no religious exemptions. 
has sparked multiple legal challenges and fear of staffing shortages. Some students have reportedly withdrawn from college due to these mandates. So how do you take the religious exemption off the table? Well, and the federal judge did uh, stop them. He did stop that. Yeah. But the fact, this is the, the mindset of these leaders to even, mm-hmm. the fact that a federal judge had to stop it. How do you put that on the table to workers to say, you know what, we don't care about your religious freedoms either. What's next then? If you're attacking mm-hmm. religious freedom now and taking it off the table and a federal judge has to intervene or the Supreme Court is going to ultimately have to intervene on a lot of these issues, what in the world is going on in this country? Now my, your religion a- doesn't matter in some areas. Your thoughts on that, Brittany, and then Melissa, I want your, your, your thoughts as well. It's a divide and conquer. They can divide. They, they first divided us by race and political party. Now they're dividing us by vaccination status. So if you're not vaccinated, you're not good enough to be an American. It's un-American for you not to be vaccinated. We've heard that while we've yeah. been out on the picket line. You're not an American. You're un-American for what you're doing. You know, you're, you're going to kill people. Um, uh, and that's, I mean, that's just baloney. Um, you know, we did the the PPE that we, we had the same PPE, my partner, she, she did get her religious exemption. She did go back and nothing changed. Absolutely nothing changed. She's wearing the same PPE. She's seen COVID patients, outpatients. I mean, nothing changed. She did the religious, religious exemption. So why go through all of that and put people it, put people fear? It's a fear that you're not going to have yeah. enough to provide for your family. That's horrible. That's horrible. Uh, Melissa, your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts really are that uh, there is an agenda. There is evil um, rampant in the MS mainstream media, um, the White House even, and uh, this is, like I said, it is a good versus evil war. And let me tell you something, people who are saying we're un-American because we won't um, comply with communism and dictators, they're the ones who are completely deceived because people take oaths against um, all enemies, foreign and domestic, to fight against. We have domestic enemies who are in charge or claim to be in charge right now, and we need to stand up and fight against them. There is no reason, there is no exemption in the world that should suppress or or should overtake your religious exemption. To say that the most highest power in the world is invalid and that is God, who the heck do you think you are? Who are these people? They are demons, and they need to be run out and and taken out of wherever they're in charge of, and we need people who have faith and Christ in their lives to take their place, because guess what? The enemy thinks that he's won. He doesn't win this war. God wins this war. Let's make our medical records private again. Oh, absolutely. Look, the the passion and the the opposition— but, and this is the cry of the country on both sides. This is the cry. Where does the line, where's the line drawn? We're going to deal with that. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, ladies. Melissa, are you still good? I'm here. Okay. And Brittany, we're going to come right back with you. I want to make sure I'm respectful of you ladies' time. You guys have 
taking time out of your day to join us. And I, we can't say thank you enough. Your perspective is, is critical uh, to this much needed conversation. Uh, we're going to be right back. I believe we have a couple of callers that are going to have some questions for our ladies as well. This is AJC Radio tonight. Abuse of vaccinations, dictatorship taking over a nation. We deal with it on the other side of the break. This is AJC Radio. There's a lot of mud when it rains here, and it makes it really hard to find food. There are car bombs every day. My mom worries about me when I go out. Every time I hear the alarm bell go off in school, I think it's an air raid. Sometimes I have nightmares about it. A lot of houses in our neighborhood have been destroyed. I like to close my ears and sing songs whenever the bombs come close. My dad says we have to leave, which makes me scared. I'm worried our new neighbors won't like us. What if they don't understand our religion? Because we don't speak the language, it might be hard for me to make friends. But I know it's all going to be okay. It's all going to be worth it. I just want my family to be safe. But these are not my words. These are not my words. These are not my words. The United States houses more human beings in prisons than any other country in the world. This is true whether you're counting total numbers or in relation to population size. This wasn't always the case. The number of prisoners in the U.S. began to rise dramatically in the 1970s. So what changed in America compared to other countries? While there are several competing theories, a look at the data reveals that a significant part of the prison growth in the last 40 years has been driven by the war on drugs. Here's the data. By 1980, there were over 315,000 prisoners in state and federal facilities. 57% were violent offenders. 30% were property violators, such as thieves or those convicted of fraud. 5.5% of inmates were in for public order and other miscellaneous offenses. And the remaining 7.5% were nonviolent drug law violators. Ten years later, the drug war had grown, and the total American prison population had more than doubled to over 740,000 inmates. The proportion of offenders in each type of crime had also changed dramatically. The most growth occurred in the nonviolent drug offender population, which grew to a significant 24%. And this last statistic actually understates the influence of the drug war on prison populations. Many studies have shown that drug prohibition causes violent crime by leading to the formation of gangs and cartels. And thus, it is safe to say that the number of violent criminals under prohibition is higher than it would otherwise be. From 1990 to 2000, the drug-driven population growth continued. By 2000, the total prison population had almost doubled again to over 1.3 million inmates. And by 2010, the prison population was up to 1.6 million people. The growth has started to settle and even decline in recent years, but the proportions of offenses are retaining their post-1990 levels. America's unique methods of enforcing drug prohibition seem to parallel its unique prison population. And one has to ask, is our country really better off with so many nonviolent drug offenders behind bars? Are drug users likely to be cured from addiction by being locked up? 
has locking up dealers and users lessened the demand for drugs? Certainly, the effects on overall usage could not be called a success. And yet we spend billions every year on this war and lock up hundreds of thousands. Surely, there must be a less costly approach to addressing drug use in America. Sergeant Michelle Garcia served meritoriously in Iraq and has the medals to prove it. Soon after leaving the Navy, Lieutenant Chris Scott found a job, a home, and started a family of his own. Foreman Richard Stokely took the skills he learned in Vietnam and put them to good use as a paramedic. But soon after leaving the military, each of these veterans fell on hard times and faced homelessness. Even after Michelle lost all her savings, even after Chris wasn't able to pay his mortgage, and even after Richard battled alcoholism for years, they each reached out for help when they needed it most. A simple phone call put them in touch with a trained professional from the Department of Veterans Affairs. That call got Michelle a place to stay until she could afford one of her own, put Chris in touch with employment assistance, and found Richard a substance abuse program. These veterans are success stories not only for how they were able to help others while serving their country, but for how they were able to let others help them. If you know of or are a veteran in need, make the call. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to AJC Radio tonight, as we have been in dialogue, uh, if you will, with our very special guest, uh, Melissa Marcusis, also Brittany Watson. Uh, I'll tell you what, these are some true advocates out here uh, doing a lot, uh, and I tell you, my hat's off to these ladies on the front lines uh, of fighting for rights for Americans across this country that seemingly... Uh, a dictatorship wave has taken over this country uh, in requiring vaccinations, regardless of how deadly, regardless of how risky. Uh, and the stories are coming in every day about what's going on. And yet we have people saying, get the vaccine. We have started a level of segregation uh, that is unacceptable. Segregation in any terms in the history of this country was something that was not good. Uh, the nation came together as a result of true advocates, true people fighting for equal rights uh, under the law for all people, regardless of race, religion, background, etc. cetera. Uh, but now we seem to be facing that issue again. And that's the vaccinated and the unvaccinated and attacking the rights, attacking the rights of individuals who choose to uh, not want to inject themselves with a vaccine that has caused the death. We're not talking about somebody with some mild symptoms. People have died. Let me make that point very clear. People have died taking this vaccine. If that doesn't matter, we cease to be a democracy. Well, I want to interject something when you're talking about dying. Uh, and this has been reported. It hasn't been reported on the mainstream media dealing with the, with the VAERS database, the CDC's uh, vaccine adverse uh, reporting system. 
uh, between December 14, 2020 and July 19, 2021, the Bears uh, received 12,313 reports of death among people who received the COVID-19 vaccine. But we haven't heard a hide nor hair of that uh, from the media. It's okay. There are always side effects. People die from all types of drugs. You don't know what's going on in their body half the time. They have comorbidities and different uh, conditions that that they may not even know about, that some drug could have some sort of adverse reaction. It happens. So why can't you just be honest? Well, here's the issue. We don't know individually. You can have all the science, all the doctors, all the people saying it's not all of them, because a lot of them oppose this mandate. And I think the mandate is opposed because we do not know what's going on inside each individual's body, how that body and individual will react, to an injection of any kind. We, we don't have the, the, the knowledge to know that. And since we don't have that as human beings, we can guesstimate, but you don't guesstimate with people's lives. You don't make assumptions with people's lives. And that's exactly what's going on here. It cannot, it cannot happen. Uh, I think we're going to have a caller ask, the, I think they got a question or a statement for the ladies. Um, who, who do we have? Who do we have? I believe we have uh, LaTanya. All right, let's bring LaTanya in. LaTanya, you're live. Go ahead, please. Thank you so very much. Um, I've been listening to the show, and I'm really enjoying the input from the guests on the show. My biggest thing is when you're dealing with this vaccination, what I don't understand is why is right now it's where uh, we deal with HIPAA when we're in the medical field. Why is covid vaccine not subject to the HIPAA guidelines. I mean, they're telling everybody's information. You're not supposed to tell people personal health information. That's against the HIPAA guidelines. So why is why is COVID exempt of that? I just would, you know, like to see if anybody could answer that. Thank you for your call, Latonya. Uh, ladies? Sure. I think that uh, that HIPAA <laughs> was thrown out the window uh, many months ago, actually. Um, and they don't care that, uh, that uh, about people, uh, mainly workers. They, you know that if you're not, you know, we, we, they have a mandate of the flu, which is not the same thing. You can sign off the flu for the flu vaccine, say, I'm not going to take this, and you can wear a mask. This is completely different. Um, a lot of these mandates are coming down also uh, due to funding for Medicare and Medicaid patients. If you don't, but, but we're not testing, the, the Medicare and Medicaid patients aren't having to be mandated to take the vaccine, but our healthcare workers are having to. So, I mean, it's just HIPAA, they don't care anymore. But I don't know how to fix that. A lot of things have changed with COVID in general. They don't care. They want to control you no matter what. Uh, Melissa. Yeah, um, I, I think Brittany probably knows more about that than I would, but I, I agree. Um, <laughs> we do have rights and we do have laws, and every single one of them is being violated. Our constitutional rights, our HIPAA rights, everything. So, I mean... If that doesn't send off red flags that something is very wrong over a virus that 
um, quite frankly, isn't as deadly as they're leading people on to believe that it is. There's a hidden agenda underneath all of this. There is something else going on. And uh, we need to stand up and fight. We need to demand that we have privacy. I don't want to know your vaccine status. I don't care if you've had the vaccine for COVID or the flu shot or, or anything else. That is your business. Um, it, just because I take my vitamin C today, it doesn't mean that you have to take it too in order for mine to work. You understand? Like this whole mentality of I'm responsible for your immune system is absolutely ridiculous and it must stop. Very, very, uh, yeah, good point. Uh, Melissa, uh, I believe we have another caller. Michelle. Yes, it's Michelle. Hello? Michelle, you're live. Go Hi. ahead. Your question? Yes. Um, I'm not surprised by this. The government's been violating people's rights since this country got started. And um, unless we take a stand um, and say we're not doing it, and I like that woman's point that she, when she said that if somebody else gets a vaccine that's their business, they should be covered if they feel confident that that thing works. The government is not telling me what I'm going to put in my body. It's not happening. And so I'm glad you guys are addressing this subject. Um, They are crossing the line, but I'm not surprised because they do it every day. They're violating people's rights left and right in the prison system, women, minorities, everything. The government does whatever they want to do. Um, And until we stand up and push back. And thank you for your call, Michelle. Look, it is what it is. Um, but I think a lot of people are outraged, which they should be. I think the perspective that these young ladies have given tonight on the show, uh, and again, I can't say thank you enough for your work as advocates, uh, whether you're on strike, as Brittany is, as Melissa, uh, becomes a voice to, for truth um, and calling people out to what's right. How do you throw out law? How do you throw out HIPAA? You got to be kidding me. Well, how do you throw out uh, science, natural immunity? They're, they're all the rave was, you know, we get herd immunity, natural immunity, natural immunity, natural immunity. So now it doesn't count? What, what, what's with, uh, you know, that's part of science, right? I mean, the, the fact that you're immune, I've had it before. I, I, I had COVID. I'm immune to COVID. I feel fine. Uh, I'm young, I'm healthy, I'm vibrant. What happened to that? Well, to the numbers that uh, David cited, David, on the recovery, those that recover from COVID, what were those, what were those well, numbers? Well, you still, uh, last reported was 98.2% uh, survival rate. The majority. And, and, the, and, that, and every other group outside of uh, the elderly, the 65, 75, 80, in the, that age, age range, uh, they're all 99 plus. So like I said I'm not uh, against uh, some of the challenges the uh, hospitals and stuff have to face. You have to deal with those particular issues as they come along, and, and same way they did where they set up uh, hospital ships in New York and stuff like that. Uh, this stuff comes in; it'll go, but uh, we have to face the challenges without destroying the country, uh, the country, and and destroying people's rights. Well, here's what's ironic to me that we talk about division. We talked about it in the last administration, a country divided. Rhetoric dividing a nation. 
This is part two. Exactly. It's part two. Well, it's also bears mentioning that the that's why you know something uh, larger is at play here. The WHO uh, redefined herd immunity, and they added this vaccination language in there, pretty much saying, well, there's vaccinated immunity and diminished herd immunity. This is the World Health Organization did this, and it was reported on the news that they had modified uh, the definition of herd immunity. It's outrageous. It just does not make any sense to me. Ladies, look, you guys have been so gracious with us tonight. Uh, we're going we're gonna to give you an opportunity as we are back against the wall of time, uh, as time is concluding here shortly on this show. I do want to give you the opportunity to give some closing remarks. What do you say to those folks? And I'll go for Brittany. I'll start with you first. And Melissa, I'm going to have you speak to those people who feel like, man, I can't really speak up. I'm nervous about doing it. I don't know what repercussions I suffer as a result of it. And then, Brittany, what do you say to the workers out there who are discouraged by what's happening, the slap in the face that has been given to our health workers, our, our, our nurses, our doctors? I'll, have, I'll let you address that first. What would you say to them? How do we get past this and how do we go forward? I'll start with you, Brittany. Okay. Um, what I'll say is that Americans need to stand up more. Um, and fight for our rights before they're completely gone. Cause that's where I see it going. And what I say to the people that are discouraged and things like that, my other healthcare workers, they're exhausted. I mean, you know, this has been a pandemic and they're tired. Um, sure. So I just think that they're strong, but stand, stand for what you believe in no matter what. And when I went into this, um, I knew that I had a, a large target on my back, um, and I paid for that. The um, I was the opposition, and it made a hostile work environment for me. That's why I, it's hard to go back um, because they didn't. They, you know, they didn't like the fact that somebody was out there. There were healthcare workers out there saying, "Do not mandate me. We want to work. Don't mandate me." They didn't. They didn't like that. Um, and my, my stepfather really makes a great example of this is that the reason they did accept my religious approval as well as my partner's because they wanted to cut the head of the snake off so the rest will fall. But I'm not going to fall. I'm going to keep fighting for the right for medical freedom and freedom of choice for Americans, um, whether that means I have to choose another profession. Um, you know, just just continue to fight before we lose everything. That's all I really you know, consent. Absolutely. Brittany, well-spoken, well-spoken. And uh, we're on board with that as well as an organization, an advocacy organization, as a just cause. Uh, we support you in that effort uh, and we'll fight with you. Melissa, your thoughts. What do you say to our folks out here that feel like, boy, the stand-up's going to cost me something? What would you say to them? I'm going to tell you, nothing comes without a sacrifice. And, you know, um, do not let fear get to you because fear does not come from God. And I'm going to tell you something. If you have God on your side, it does not matter who's against you at all. Okay? So stand up strong. Stand up and fight for the truth. If you don't do it, don't expect anybody else to do it. If you have children, if you have grandchildren that are growing up in this disgusting, deceived world and you care about their future, 
say something now or forever hold your peace because we we don't have a lot of time left. I know that there's going to be a revival coming. I am confident that we will overcome this demonic attack, but I'm letting you all know you have to stand up and fight. Don't be quiet because you're afraid of what someone's going to say. Don't be quiet because you're afraid you might lose your job. God will provide for you. I promise you that. So stand up and fight and believe in the truth. And and God bless you. God bless everyone on your crew. Um, Brittany, you too. You, you keep fighting, girl. Thank you for standing you. out there and, and, and showing everybody you're not going to take what they're throwing at us. Because I'm not going to take it either. And I'm standing right with you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, Melissa, Brittany, look, fired up. Fired up, man, I'll tell you. And until we get fired up to institute change in this country and get fired up about our rights, uh, then we are going to be facing more difficult days ahead. Uh, Everything worth having is worth fighting for, and that is your rights. You're going to have to fight for them because this country uh, is at at a point of decay from what we're seeing. And dictatorship, you never thought would be an issue in this country. Never thought it. I'll, I'll use the term uh, my mother uses sometimes uh, in situations. Keep on living. Uh, you're going to see some things along the way that um, that that that's going to be that's going to be definitely challenges for us. Very special thanks to our ladies. Have a very good evening, uh, and we appreciate you guys for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for having me. Righty. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. That's Melissa and Brittany. Look. A lot of information, a lot of truth there. Um, Dave Zappolo, your thoughts on our two guests tonight? Uh, I believe the perspective is needed and necessary. Your thoughts? They had an excellent perspective. I mean, you look at Brittany, who's a medical professional that has concerns moving forward with the vaccine. You had uh, Melissa, who is an advocate against forcing people to take a vaccine. This is something that our country needs to have, is people that will push back against a a regime that is pushing people to put medication in their bodies that they're not comfortable with. And if you're not comfortable with something, then you shouldn't do it, period. That's not open for interpretation. It's simply my right to choose, and uh, that's critically important. Dennis, your thoughts? I agree. I I think both the guests, I mean, they, they... they gave us a perspective to make us really look at, you know, not only religious rights, but we actually, you know, uh, looking at from a medical standpoint, too, is that you can't force people to do something they don't want to do. And when you do that, you're going to cause some major problems. And again, I, 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 if, if people would just continue to look, continue to watch, you're going to find out that when you force someone to do something, there's some there's some grave consequences and and you'll see it in the, the upcoming election. Well, our history dictates that. Our history shows that whenever you force people to do anything that they believe they have rights to protect, you're going to have a problem. It goes all the way back to the civil rights movement. It goes to the fight of Dr. Martin Luther King for equality for all people. That was as a result of being forced and told what you can and cannot do. That goes that far back. In 2021, we are right here again in a, in a much worse situation, in my opinion. Uh, 
It's unacceptable. It's uncalled for. Very special thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, as we are approaching the end of our season, I believe uh, at the end of October, that will be our last show, October uh, 28th, uh, for the season. Uh, we usually take a break for the holidays. And our respect for families to get together at this point in this country, these are critical moments for families to get together to do what needs to be done for the holidays. Out of respect for that fact, um, we'll take our winter break. We'll be back in January. Again, this starts October 28th will be our last show here uh, until after uh, the first of the year 2022. I can't believe I'm even saying that, but uh, the year has gone that fast. Please tune into our show. During the time that we are off the air, uh, during that break time, uh, we will have we will compile all of our shows that were the most informative, the most productive uh, we will play uh, and, and, and have you folks be able to listen online and go to our archives and listen and tune in however you can. Uh, if you need a moment to know what advocacy is about, tune in to AJC Radio. Go to AJCRadio.com, uh, and we are in the fight, along with Brittany, along with Melissa, and all healthcare workers, uh, all people, all families, the, to the families of the of those that have lost family members to the vaccine, to COVID, our thoughts and prayers are with you. Uh, and uh, until next week, we continue. This is AJC Radio. Until next time, be safe and take care. This is AJC Radio signing off. Thank you.